Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Welcome to Southridge on our very special Christmas tree giveaway. We're looking forward to what God's going to do. If you're standing, please come on in and find a seat because you need to get comfortable. We're going to be here the next couple hours. I'm totally kidding, totally kidding. Some of you are like, oh, you best not. Oh, no, oh, no, no, no. I'm here to get my tree. I'm here to go. It's going to be great. Come on in, find a seat, get comfortable, because today is going to be a great day, a special day. We're so grateful and thankful that you're here. I believe that God's going to speak to you. I don't know if you believe that. You say, I don't even know if I believe in God. Well, God wants to speak to you today, and great things are going to happen in this place. Looking forward to what God's going to do. How many of you, you got a favorite Christmas movie? Let me see your hands. You got a favorite Christmas movie? That's right. Christmas time, we get our Christmas movies. How many Elf fans do I have in the house? You're an Elf fan. When it comes to Christmas, you got to watch Elf. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. How many of you, you are like, hey, I like the Christmas classic. So when it comes to Christmas movies, I like watching the Christmas story. The Christmas story, like that one. You're going to shoot your eye out. Or what about National Lampoon's Christmas? Any of you, you know, you like Cousin Eddie? That's right. How many of you have a Cousin Eddie in your family? You know, how many are sitting next to Cousin Eddie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I can't raise my hand, but yeah, he's right here. You're making eye contact with me. I got you. I got you. And, uh, uh, but my all-time favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard. Die Hard 1. Yep, it's Christmas movie. Come on, that's Christmas movie. All right. And uh, we're going to have a good time today. I'm looking forward to what God's going to do. If you have a copy of God's Word, a Bible with you, open to Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter number 2. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. Right in front of you, in the seat back in front of you, is a Bible. Ushers, help me. Let's have these people find a seat. You need to come on in, find a seat, get comfortable. Find a seat. See, I got a baby. It's okay. Find a seat. Find a seat. Come on in. There's plenty of room over here and over to these sections. We don't want you standing. We want you to find a way because we want to let others in. And when you're standing at the door, they don't know if they can come in. So please, ushers, make sure everybody gets on in and gets a seat. If I can get some more ushers off to my left, your right. When it comes to Christmas, though, we love this season, don't we? We love the food. We love the presents. We love the holiday spirit. We love the decorations. We just love Christmas, don't we? But one thing about Christmas is it's all on one day, isn't it? All of that for one day. I mean, Christmas Day is fun. We get the presents. We get the food. We have a great time. And then it's over. And some of us, we're the type that when Christmas is over, the tree's coming down. Let me see. How many Christmas Day, the tree is down? The tree's down. Oh, you got to go. You can't, you can't take the tree. You got to leave. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. When it comes to Christmas, yeah, we, we're like, it's over. You open the presents. The tree's coming down. Or you're packing it away. Or you're throwing it to the curb. Or you're lighting it on fire. I don't know what you do, what traditions you have for Christmas. But, man, when it comes to Christmas, we all have our traditions, the things that we like to do. And then it just kind of seems like all that hype for one day kind of leaves us discouraged. Because some of us thought around Christmas time that we would be a little bit farther along. We thought I might get the promotion. I might be in a serious relationship. We did not expect that our Facebook status would still show single. And we see everybody else, they're getting engaged, they're getting married, they're having kids, they're buying houses, they're getting promoted. And you're just like, delete, unfriend, delete, unfriend, delete, unfriend. You're just like, no, that's when I clear out my friend list on Facebook and Insta. And you're just done. But we see that when it comes to Jesus coming to this earth, he did not just come so we could have one day of joy, peace, and happiness. You see, Jesus came so that we could have 365 days of joy, peace, and happiness. 
So he didn't just come so one day. He came so that every day could be filled with joy, peace, and happiness. I, I grabbed my kid's nativity set. I, I stole it. It was either this or the elf on the shelf. How many of you parents, uh, you do the elf on the shelf? You got the elf on the shelf? I mean, come on. God bless you. You are an amazing parent. Because how many of you, you know, your kid gets up at 4 a.m. and you forgot to move that elf on the shelf. So you were jumping out of bed. You're trying to make that elf hide somewhere or move somewhere so the kids don't see it, you know. And then some of you parents, you're really crafty. You're like, man, elf on the shelf brushes his teeth. Hmm, maybe you should brush your teeth. Hey, look, Elf on the Shelf does homework. Maybe you need to do homework. Hey, look at that. The Elf on the Shelf does the dishes. Maybe you need to do the dishes. And some of you are like, yeah, I use the Elf on the Shelf to encourage my husband. And uh, I want him to do the dishes. I want him to do that kind of stuff. And uh, so I stole my kid's nativity scene this morning. And when it comes to the nativity scene, we're used to this, aren't we? How many ever seen a nativity scene? Can I see your hands? You see the nativity? There we go. You've seen it. Uh, we drive by churches that have it. You see it in the mall. And you've seen this nativity scene. It's so beautiful, so, so great, and looks so nice, looks so Instagram worthy. It's so photoshopped, so filtered. And you're like, man, that's so perfect, so sweet. But here's the thing. Have you ever actually been to a barn? I mean, come on, raise your hand. You ever been to a barn? You ever smelled the smells of a barn? You ever been around those animals? I mean, this woman gave birth in a barn. Like, are you kidding me? Childbirth is hard enough in a hospital with some anesthesia, but guess what? She was in a barn. I mean, that's horrible. That's hard. That's difficult. And then we sing silent night. All is calm. All is bright. Was it calm? Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? I've been there for all three births of my children. And I want to put this picture up. This is my family. This is my family, y'all. I got I to gotta show you this picture. I'm one of those pastors. That's right. Let's put this up. So that's my wife, Jane. There's my daughter, Megan. She's eight. There's my son, Austin, on the right. He's six. And then my son, Kane, who is just under two. He's about 19, 20 months old. And uh, don't you love that where parents say months? You know, I'm just going to keep it going. I'll be like, they're going to ask how old my ch- kid is. And I'll be like, hey, he's like 73 months old. <laughs> Do the math, you know. It's like, how old's your son? He's graduated from college. He's 113 months old. Like, just mess with people. It's so fun. I just like doing that. I'm weird, I know. But he is almost two years old. But he, there's something about him. I I don't think he's my kid. You say, why? Because he has a junk in the trunk. His butt is so big, they do not make diapers big enough for him anymore. He's in the last size, the pull-up. And uh, he's got a little plumber thing going on whenever he bends over. He's a big dude. I don't think I'm his daddy. I, I really don't think so. I'm looking for his daddy. He owes me child support. I got to find him. And uh, so if you see him, tell me he owes me money. And uh, so I told Kane the other day, I was like, Kane, they don't make pull-ups bigger than this. The next step up is adult diapers. You don't want to be that kid at preschool. You just don't want to be that kid. So guess what? You need to start potty training that. But this is my kids. That's my family. And uh, those three kids, I made that, y'all. I made that. That I'm proud of my work right there. They're some cute kids. And uh, thanks to mom. Oh, thank you. You're so very kind. So very kind. They're cute, adorable kids. And, uh, but when it comes to family, I was there when all three were born. And I remember the anesthesiologist walking into the room. Any of you have been to the hospital, you watch the birth, you see the anesthesiologist, raise your hand if you know the anesthesiologist. He walks in with his white coat, and he's got a little silver suitcase, like a hitman or something. And then he sets it on the counter, he opens it up, a nice little click, 
And then you don't even see what's behind there. And you're already nervous. Your heart starts beating. Your hands are getting sweaty and everything. And I'm not even getting the epidural. My wife is. And I'm getting nervous for her. And I'm like, better not try anything. He opens a silver case. And he pulls out this gun. That is not a needle. It's a gun that they pull out. Have you seen that thing? And then my wife's pregnant. And they're in the anesthesia. I was like, you need to lean forward. So she's like leaning forward. And the doctor's like, more, more. My wife's like, there's a baby here. There's no more, more that I can bend over. And I'm like, I'm about to pass out. Hold up. We got to stop this. I need some ice chips. I need some nurses. I need some attention right now. I'm about to pass out. My wife's like, are you kidding me? It's a true story. I'm passing out while my wife is giving birth because I can't handle needles. And the doctor's like, well, we need to separate the vertebrae so I can stick this needle. Have you seen the needle on those weapons that they use of mass destruction? I mean, there's a needle and inside the needle is another needle. I didn't realize that. There's a needle inside of a needle. Like, what horrible thing did they invent, did they come up with? And they say it's supposed to numb the pain. It's supposed to numb the pain. Well, there's a whole lot of pain going into that. Now, imagine Mary. There is no anesthesia. There is nothing that's going to help her. And she's supposed to give birth to this baby. And we just kind of think, this is cute. But that's not the way it happened. It was brutal. It was bloody. It was gruesome. That's the birth of our Savior. That's the birth of Jesus. And we're going to see why he came and who he came to this morning. Because so much of our lives is wrapped around one day of joy, peace, and happiness. And this morning, I want to encourage you that there is a reason Jesus came. And it's so that you can have more than just joy, peace, and happiness on one day. He wants you to have joy, peace, and happiness on 365 days a year and 366 on leap year. That's how good our God is. And he loves you and he cares about you. So let's pick it up. Luke chapter number two. If you have a Bible, you can open there. If you don't, in the seat back in front of you is a Bible. That's our gift to you. We want to give you that. We believe everybody should have a copy of God's word. We want you to take that home. We want you to have a Bible. And if you don't have a Bible, you can look up on the screen. I want to begin in verse number seven. It says, she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the field nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them and said, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by the sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay. Imagine you're the shepherds. You've, you've heard this prophecy that Jesus is coming. You've heard that there's a baby that's going to be born. You've heard the prophecy that the Messiah is coming. The Savior of the world is coming. It's been foretold for a millennium. And all of a sudden, now you're hearing the message. The angels appear out of nowhere. And you're seeing the angels. They're giving you the message. And then they say, you're going to find this child. And here's the sign. The sign is this. The baby is in a barn. And he's lying in a manger. And it's like, what? The king of the universe? is in a feeding trough where people will feed their pigs and they'll feed their goats and their sheep. Come on, you've been to the San Francisco Zoo. You've been to the Oakland Zoo. Surely you've been to Happy Hollow and you know the smells, you know the sounds, you know it's not pleasant, you know it's not comfortable and that's where the creator, the savior of mankind was born. You know, sometimes we reject the gift because of the package. You see, Jesus didn't come with all the packaging. Some of us will miss out on some of God's greatest gifts because we do not like the packaging. And here's what happens. Some of us, we go for gifts that are in nice packaging, but the present isn't all that great. And some of you are like, yeah, I dated that guy. The packaging was great. 
but nothing else was. So we're like, I married her, you know, and uh, don't say anymore. You might still be married to her. You're like, packaging started out great. It was all downhill from there, if you know what I'm saying. You see, here's what happens. You and I, we like to look at things with pretty bows and pretty ribbons. But guess what? Jesus came to get messy. He stepped out of the splendor of heaven. And he said, I'm going to come down to earth and I'm going to be born in a barn. That's your God. That's your Jesus. He was not afraid to go down to the lowest of the low to say, hey, this is, there's, there's nothing, nothing too far out of my reach to go to what length God will go to reach you. And so the angels have this message for the shepherds. And the message is simply this. It's the greatest message of all around the holidays. Their message was fear not. They said, don't be afraid. As soon as they appeared, they said, don't be afraid. Some of us, we have a lot of fear in our hearts. You say, what do you mean? It's the holidays. There's fear. There's fear for our children. There's fear for our country. There's fear as you take your babies to school and you pray over them because you're not sure what would happen. There's fear as they cross the street. There's fear as somebody passes by in a car you don't know in your neighborhood and they're out there playing. There is fear with how you're going to pay for uh, Christmas presents. There's fear on how you're going to pay your rent and keep the lights on. There is fear on how to keep them in a safe and stable environment. There is fear in your heart. Will you ever get to be married? Or will you always be single and heartbroken after heartbreak after heartbreak? Will you ever own a home will you ever have a career and fear seeps into our heart and these shepherds they were afraid this morning and I can't help but think sometimes we're afraid and the message of the angels was first fear not this morning we don't need to be afraid touch your neighbor slap your neighbor hit your neighbor and say well fear not fear not touch your neighbor and say fear not now touch the better looking neighbor on the other side and say hey fear not fear not you see you don't need to be afraid this Christmas and I know what you're thinking. Oh, you're the pastor sitting up there. I saw your little family. It's good and well for you to say, but you don't got bills. You've never been, been through what I've been through. No, I have. I've been through the Christmases. There's a reason I feel like God put it on my heart to give out trees because I can't tell you how many Christmases I grew up in a broke pastor's home where we didn't have a Christmas tree. I can't tell you how many Christmases we got up and we were like, hey, what are we having for Christmas dinner? And we would go to Albertsons. Y'all don't know nothing about no Albertsons fried chicken. And we couldn't afford the KFC chicken. We had to go to Albertsons. Now Lucky's bought them out. And I don't think it's as good as the Albertsons chicken. But Albertsons chicken is what we would have. And we'd have some coleslaw. And that was our Christmas dinner because that's all we could afford. And my parents would bring out the gifts. But they had seven children. You could tell they didn't have a TV because they had seven children. They had to do something for entertainment. And so they found out another way. And they kept having babies. And guess what? They had so many kids. And they were a pastor. And they were broke. And they were poor. So when it comes to Christmas time, there may not be a tree they may not be a fancy dinner they may be presents that we actually shared it was the family gift so I know broke I know broke I know open up the cupboards and seeing nothing but popcorn we're gonna have popcorn again or open up the cupboards and there's Uncle Ben's rice in a box if you talk to my wife who's Filipino she would say that's blasphemy rice does not come in a box she says you get it in a bag and you go to seafood city and that's where you get your bag of rice you do not get rice out of a box she says and she is transforming. And can I just get a witness? I mean, some of you were like, you just, you just know. It just don't come out of a box. And then she trained me. She said, guess what? You do not put rice and butter on your rice. You do not defile that rice. That rice did not die in vain. You do not put butter and rice. You can put some sauce on that. You can put some soy sauce on that. You can put something spicy on that. But you do not put butter and salt on it. And how many of you do put butter and salt on it? Let me shame you publicly. Okay, there we go. Some of you, you're like, that's me. I repent. Right now, come to Jesus. We need an altar call right now. Right now. You need to come forward and deal with you, all right? 
But my wife, she set me straight. And I know those days where you feel like, man, it's all good for you to say fear not. You don't know my burdens. You don't know that I need this Christmas tree because this Christmas tree saved me $45. Those $45, I'm going to go buy some presents. This $45, I'm going to go get a Christmas meal. No, no, we do know. That's why we have a Santa Claus out here so you don't have to spend $45 at the Oakridge Mall to go get a picture with Santa. That You can get a picture with Santa here that you can go get a free treat because our church does know. Our church does know the situation you're in and we do care. But bigger than that, God cares and he sees you. And I hope this Christmas is a reminder that God sees your situation and the angels have a message for you this morning and the message is fear not that's the message this morning the message is you don't need to be afraid and you may fear fearful because fear will dominate your life fear will take over and fear will darken your life but the Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world and where the light is fear cannot stay darkness cannot stay because the light scatters the darkness and that's what Jesus came to do he came to step into the darkness of humanity and you say why does evil let loose inside of the world today because of men are evil and ignorant today. You say, did God create evil? God didn't create evil. God gave man free will. And man chooses evil. So the angels, they speak the first message. The first message is fear not. But then they have a second message. And I love the second message. The second message is this. The second message is to listen up. You say, what do you mean? It says, I bring you good news. I like good news. Anybody in the house like good news? We love good news, don't we? We like the good news. Well, the angel said, I've got a good news, but you got to listen up for this news. And they said to this news, and they gave it to the, to the shepherds. And the shepherds, the Bible tells that they went and they saw the baby. And when they saw the baby, they rejoiced because that's the Messiah. And they saw the baby Jesus, the Messiah. And then the Bible says that they did something after they saw the Messiah. It says they started going into the towns. They said, guess what? I saw the baby. The Messiah's here. The Savior of the world's here. You gotta, you gotta know this. And they started going from house to house telling people what they saw. They said, the angels came and, and, and the light was everywhere and I, and I messed my robe so I had to go home and get a new robe. But you don't need to know about that but uh, I had to come back and now I got to tell you guess what the Messiah is born the Savior is born there's joy the angel said fear not the angel said don't be afraid anymore the angel it gave us this message guess what people did nothing the Bible says they were just astonished they were amazed they were just in awe you see it's one thing to hear something it's an entirely different thing to listen to something my wife and I, we have this one problem, this one problem. I, I, I don't call it what you will, but when we fight, when we argue, it's usually because I hear her, but I do not listen to her. You, that's usually our problem. Let me explain. Let me explain. You see, what happens in our home is I will be watching Netflix, and then my wife will try to have a conversation for me. And I hear her talking, but it's kind of like the old Peanuts cartoon, womp, 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 womp. And I'm just watching Netflix. And while I'm watching Netflix, I hear her, but I do not listen to her. And that's what frustrates her. I can't figure out why that frustrates her, that I heard her, but I do not listen to her. And the reality is this. We hear God speaking, but we don't listen to him. There is a difference between hearing and listening. The shepherds, they heard something, and then they reacted to something. They listened. They were like, we got to go tell somebody about this. We can't keep it to ourselves. God has come in the form of a man, and he's here now now and he has a message for us and it's a message of don't be afraid it's a message of fear not it's a message to listen and this morning I believe that God is trying to get a hold of you he's trying to speak to you I know that you're from Gilroy and you're here this morning God wants to speak to you I know you're from Morgan Hill and you're here this morning God wants to speak to you I know you're from South San Jose and you're here this morning God wants to speak to you God wants to speak to you in the Silicon Valley and yet what happens is we hear God but we don't listen to God and God has a message 
message. It's the message of hope. It's the message of joy. It's the message of peace this morning. It's that message that we've been wanting to hear. And yet so many times we hear it, but we do not listen to it. You see, God is giving us the greatest news ever told, but yet we ignore it. And some of us, we ignore it to our peril. You say, why? Because you and I, we struggle. We struggle filling the void in our heart. We try to fill it with substance. We try to fill it with people. We try to fill it with popularity. We try to fill it with a job. We try to fill it by being a CEO. We try to fill it by getting promoted. We try to fill it with everything. But guess what? It doesn't satisfy. We lie awake at night not satisfied. We, we, we sleep with that person. We're not satisfied. We wake up and we're driving that car, but we're not satisfied. We got the C-suite, but we're not satisfied. We've got all the things that money can buy, but we're not satisfied. We have all the popularity, but we're not satisfied. There's something that's missing. And this is what's missing. You see, God created your heart and the one who created it knows what will satisfy it. And you and I were tired of trying things and trying things and leaving dissatisfied. This morning, God is saying to you this morning that guess what? I want want a better Christmas for you. I don't want you to have joy, peace, and happiness on one day. I want you to have it every day. That's what the message of Christmas is this morning, that Jesus wants you to have it every single day. But what happens is we don't like the gift sometimes, right? We see it and we're like, I don't know if I want that gift. I don't know if I want the gift of salvation. It means I, I got to change my ways. You know, I was a little bit nervous about coming to the church. I thought the church would burn down. I thought everybody would light on fire. And I thought the place would collapse on me. And then I was going to get sued. And it was going to be real bad and make the papers and just ruin my life. So I didn't want to come into the church because of that reason. So I just was worried about it. And I'm here to tell you, guess what? It didn't happen. Put your fears to rest. You can listen to God this morning. He wants to speak into your heart. He wants to speak into the situation. And you're here. And it's time to say, God, I want to I wanna serve you. I want to I wanna follow you. But sometimes we just don't like the gift. It's like your husband coming Christmas morning and say, hey, babe, I got you a gift, but it's in the garage. And all of a sudden you're like, yes, say, man, my husband bought me a car. He bought me a car. And you go to the garage, you open it, and it's not a car. It's a treadmill. You're like, get thee behind me, Satan. I will end you. Bought me a treadmill. What are you trying to say? It's a gift, but it's not a gift you want. There are three gifts allowed this Christmas season. Tiffany's, Chanel, and Portia. All right, those are the three gifts on the Christmas list. Tiffany's, Chanel, Portia. Let's say it again, guys. Tiffany's, Chanel, and Portia. Those are the gifts she wants, all right? It needs to come from Tiffany's, Chanel, or Portia. And guess what? She will be very, very happy this Christmas, all right? Happy wife, happy life. Just mark it down, write that. That was free. That was worth the price of admission. You see, it's bigger than that, isn't it? Sometimes we look at the gift of salvation. We're like, I don't know if I want that. But God is saying, hey, no, let's take this next step. But that wasn't the only message that they said. The angels didn't just speak to the shepherd and say, fear not and listen up. The next thing they said is peace has come. You say, what do you mean? Verse 14, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And we like that part. We're like, peace, I want peace. I got anxiety. I got pressure. I like peace. I want me some peace. Last night, I was sitting on my couch. I was looking over the message, and it's, uh, the kids are in bed, and I'm sitting there. I made me a nice cup of pour-over coffee. I put the whipped cream on it. I dabbed a little bit of cinnamon on top and everything, and I sat down on my couch. I had the Burl Ives music going. I turned to Netflix, and Netflix has a, a fireplace station, a fireplace channel, and I'm sitting there. I'm listening to Burl Ives. I've got my coffee, and all of a sudden, I hear out of my kids' room just screaming. 
just screaming. And all of a sudden, my daughter, Megan, is eight years old. She's sharing a room with Austin so far. It's not going to last long after last night. And they're screaming. They're fighting. I'm like, it's 9 o'clock at night. Go to bed. And then Megan screams, Austin's wiping boogers on my face. And I was like, dear God, just give me peace. And some of us think that's the peace that he came to offer. That peace from our anxiety. That peace from this, this turmoil. But I'm telling you, the peace is so much bigger than that. And you and I, we're just like, I want some peace and quiet right now. I just need a little bit of peace. And I laughed at night. I was like, boy, get over here. I brought you into this world. I could take you out of this world. And I can make another one of you, okay? So don't test me right now. Don't mess with me, okay? And uh, we, we, we don't judge me. Don't judge me, parents. I, I feel the judgment. You don't have to judge. You've been there. And uh, we, we see this mess. We see peace. But the peace actually means the war is over. You got to understand that culture in that time. You see, peace wasn't about, they didn't know nothing about anxiety and depression and all that. They didn't know nothing about that. What they knew is that country wants to destroy our country. And so there's fighting, there's war, it's bloody, there's battle. And all of a sudden, one nation, when it was defeated, would start raising a little flag. And the flag was white. It meant they surrendered. It meant there was peace. The Bible says that Jesus is the prince of peace. You see, he left the splendor of heaven to come down to us. You see, God throughout history was interceding through a man. He interceded through Abraham. He interceded through Isaac. He interceded through Jacob. He interceded through Joseph and through Moses and Elijah and Elisha and David and the prophets. But God said, I'm tired of interceding through a man. So God said, no more men. I will become a man. And I will go down to them. And I will transform them. And he brought peace. But our minds still don't fully understand it. I want to show a short clip that I think will help us to understand it. Let's show this clip.
Gayo! Gayo! says 
For God so loved the world that he gave his own begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. It's not just a baby in a manger. God said, I'm tired of interceding, and I will involve myself, and I will give my life for those who are just letting life pass by. All the people on the train were totally oblivious to what had just happened. To know that for them to live, a boy must die. And a father had to let his son die. And our Heavenly Father let his perfect son, Jesus, die for you and me. We look good. Sometimes we feel like we're pretty good, but we're not. Scripture tells us that we're all sinners. It's that imagery that we miss the mark. And this morning, this isn't just about getting a free tree. This is about showing you that how you can have joy, peace, and happiness, not just one day a year, but 365 days a year. By understanding that boy, that baby that was born in a barn, grew up and became a man and died for you and me. God let Jesus die for you. And he would do it again and again and again for you because he loves you. And today we want you to respond to that message. Not just hear it, but to listen and make a decision. That you'd say today, God, yes, I see that I'm a sinner. I want to repent. I want to turn from my sin. I want to say yes to Jesus. That's what today is all about. It's why we'll put tens of thousands of dollars into an event like this that our church will pay for. Not some big organization, not some denomination. Our people say, hey, we care enough about telling others about Jesus because this is the best news in the world that we will go to any length to tell people about Jesus. And that's just the moment right here, right now. Are you just going to hear it or are you going to listen? And say, God, you're speaking to me and I want to answer. I want to respond. I'm going to put up a prayer on the screen. And it's not the words that say but it's the heart. And I'm going to put in three languages. I'm going to put it in English. I'm going to put it in Spanish. I'm going to put it in Vietnamese. In whatever language suits you. Because this is a prayer of repentance. It's a prayer of changing our life. It's a prayer of saying, God, I'm saying yes to you. I'm doing it your way. I'm not just going to keep going about my life, going about my business. It's time that I choose you today. And so right now, I want to give you that opportunity. For some of you, you know God's been speaking to you. You feel it heavy on your heart and in your soul. And you know you got to respond to this. You know you can't wait one more day. You know you can't wait till next week. You're, you know today's the day. You've ran from this. You've run from this. You've, you've been putting this off. But today, God is like, do I have your attention? And some of you are hearing this message of the gospel for the first time. But some of you, and listen, please listen, you are hearing this message for the last time. That's not a threat. That's just saying reality. What are you going to do? Are you going to just hear it? Or are you going to listen? Can I ask everybody to stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? Because I want to give us a moment to do business with God. I want to give us a moment just between you and just between your creator. Nobody's going to steal your wallet, take your purse. This is a moment between you and God. A moment where you can say yes to Jesus. So here's what I'm going to do. I want to ask you, if you know God speaking, you say, hey, today I want to give my life to Jesus. That's you. Is that you? Would you slip up your hand and say, yes, today I want to make that decision. All right, I see those hands. Excellent, excellent. Now here's what I want to do. God wants to speak to you. The creator of the universe, he wants to, he wants to, to invade your life and to change it. 
but you've got to make the decision to accept him, say yes to him. So here's what I want to do. I want us all to pray this prayer and you can read whatever language you feel most comfortable with. We're going to read it off the screen. We're going to all read it together out loud. You say, why are we all going to do it together out loud? We're all going to do it together out loud because some of you are coming to God for the very first time. And this is exciting. This is a new day for you. It's an exciting day. But some of you, you're coming back to God after a long time. And so today is the most important day of your life. It wasn't your wedding day. It wasn't the day you graduated high school. It wasn't the day you got your diploma. It wasn't the day you started that business. It wasn't the day. It's today. This is the most important day. This will forever change your eternity. This will change one day of joy, peace, and happiness into 365 days of joy, peace, and happiness. And so together, can we all say this prayer together out loud? Let's say it together. Ready, begin. Here we go. Dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to be born in a barn. Thank you, Jesus, for paying the ultimate price so that I can have forgiveness and freedom. I am turning to you now. I am saying yes to you as the Lord of my life, the King of my heart, and the Captain of my soul. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Did you pray that prayer? Would you slip up your hand? You meant it from your heart. Hold your hands high. Don't be ashamed. Let's celebrate with these. These people, they've said, I'm saying yes to Jesus. Hands all over the room. Amen. You can put your hands down. I'm going to ask some counselors to come to the front. i got counselors in this room. Some of you said, hey, I said yes to Jesus, but you know you need to take it a step further. You say, hey, today I need to share this burden. I've got to wait on me. And we have some people that'll pray over you and they'll pray with you. And you say, today I need help. I can't walk this journey on my own. Some of you are going to say, I need to take that next step. I need to get baptized. You can come talk to somebody about that. Or you say, hey, I got something I need, a, I need prayer over. Um, my life's not going the direction I want it. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing and we're going to play some music. And while we're singing and playing some music, you can step out of your seat and you can come and talk to uh, some of these young ladies, some of these young men, and they will pray over you you. They will pray with you. You are not alone. Don't forget for a second that you are alone. The story of Christmas is the story that Jesus left heaven for you. You are not alone. You're not alone in San Jose. You're not alone in Gilroy. You're not alone in Morgan Hill. You're not alone in the Silicon Valley. There's not only a God who loves you, but there is a church that loves you. So right now, as we sing and as we worship, you leave your seat. You find somebody. Say, hey, I need some prayer. I need somebody to be with me. I need somebody to talk with me. Right now, you step out of your seat. Right now, and you can come and talk with somebody. You can slip out right now.